From WXXI and the Little Theater, this is Movies in a Microphone. I'm your host, Scott Pukas. Uh, today we are talking about December movies. We're previewing all the great films, the Oscar hopefuls, the blockbusters, the indie gems. Uh, they're coming out this month, uh, both at the Little and out in the cinematic world. Uh, so today we're joined by some of our longtime guests, familiar faces, familiar voices. Uh, we have Jackie McGriff of uh, Jackie Photography. Uh, also, we have to give a shout out. Jackie right now has an exhibit of her uh, photography up at Boulder here in Rochester. So please go visit it if you're around in December. Welcome, Jackie. Thanks. Uh, we also are joined by, uh, who am I to start with? We'll start with Adam. Adam Lubitow, <laughs> film critic, writer, projectionist, movie super fan. Welcome, Adam. Thanks. I'm so excited. The gang's back together. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when I don't write an intro, by the way. I'm like, how do I introduce you guys? There's so many different ways. <laughs> We're also joined by... Every time, I like it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, we're also joined by Matt DeTurk, uh, the little event and special... <laughs> special events? No, special... What is your title, Matt? I don't know what your title. I always mess it up. Special programming and events coordinator. The special. Nailed it. Matt DeTurk, comma... He's special. We're happy to have. I should have worn my special shirt. That would have been great. <laughs> Listen, Matt does so much at the little, it's beyond a title. He just is there, kind of doing everything. Uh, so, but Matt and Adam are in the same house. How did you decide who would be upstairs and who would be downstairs? Is it like rock, paper, scissors? Matt just said he was going upstairs. So I was like, <laughs> all right. That means I get the Christmas tree. <laughs> Christmas tree versus Batman poster, which is better? <laughs> Who's to say? I mean, we love the Batman poster, but I was late, so therefore I get the more <laughs> blank, the more blank wall. So I just thought of a weird podcast episode: Christmas movies versus superhero movies. Oh. <laughs> Should we change However, course right now? <laughs> but, I, but I feel like the automatic winner is Batman Returns, since it's both. Oh yeah. Oh! Go shortest podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I ruined it. That was a mic drop moment. There's like Batman Returns. Wouldn't Iron Man three also count? Okay, I was just gonna the, say, actually, Iron Man three. So they the could take it for the top spot. There you go. I mean, you Batman like Shane Black, so. but Batman Returns, you can't. <laughs> you can't top that. Danny DeVito. I no, because now you're getting into like a DC versus Marvel thing. <gasps> Oh, uh oh! Yeah, you see what you did? You see what you did? Speaking of DC and Marvel, <laughs> coming to the little in early December. <laughs> come on, come on! By Mike Mills. Uh, it has music from Bryce and Aaron Dessner of the National, uh, which which is a selling point for me. Uh, but he, uh, Joaquin Phoenix stars. He plays this um, radio host who goes across the country. Um, it's a story between the connections between adults and children, the past and future. It's in black and white. It looks fantastic. I think this will be another one we see around Oscar time. Um, are you familiar with this? And either of you, Jackie, are you familiar with Come On, Come On in any way? No, not at all, actually. This, I feel like there have been certain movies I've definitely been, and as, as you do all the time, like there are certain movies that are like on my, in my radar. And then there's those ones that kind of like creep up on you. Um, and this one was one of them. That and Jockey, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on, but yeah, like I don't know, it looks it looks interesting to me um, from what I've seen it. But like other than that, like I haven't heard, I haven't really heard anything 
Um, Cause you know, there's always movies that are like, oh, this is on the short list to get awards and everything. And I have heard, at least in my corner of the world have not heard anything about come on, come on. So we'll see. But sometimes it's good to find a movie that you don't, like those are my favorites if you don't hear a lot and then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this movie surprised me. Um, yeah. And Mike Mills did 20th Century Woman, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of others. Beginners, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge Mike Mills fan. So yeah, I've been looking forward to this one. That I've heard is, is very sweet. And yeah, I, I just went, yeah, it, it sounds great. Any, any thoughts on Come On, Come On, Matt? Uh, just that I... I'm in the mood at the moment, at this point in my 2021, I'm in the mood for like a nice, sweet, well shot, like enjoyable film. Like I'm here for that at the moment. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, we watched 20th Century Women, did I? <laughs> no. Uh, it's so good. And Annette Benning is just, oh, she's great. And she should have won all the awards that year, but she didn't. Anyway, yes, Mike Mills, he's, he's great. <laughs> When you were talking about Annette Bening should have won the awards, I, I really can't wait for some of our Oscar discussions too. Some, I mean, hopefully some of these movies we're talking about today will get Oscar nominations. Actually, I'm, I'm certain they will. So I'm sure, Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. At least a few of these will, will show up in a couple months. So the next movie is one that I think everyone is very excited about. I should note that all of these dates and times I'm saying are tentative. Things change a lot in the movie world, so some of it might change by the time this date actually rolls around. But December 10th, we're looking at West Side Story. Should be opening at the Little. I, I know, I know we have some some fans here. Uh, Matt, you are especially a West Side Story fan, correct? I am, I am. It just, it, it, it hits all the notes for me. Ha, 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 ha. Um, I get it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I, it's one of those, it's one of those, pe- like, one of those works that like you see at one point and like as like a kid and it's kind of formative and it makes you be like oh look and between Sondheim's lyrics and like between the fact that like I was in a high school production of West Side Story so um I don't know it was like very important to like my young musical upbringing so um I love Spielberg um Spielberg's always wanted to do a musical so I'm excited to see like what he does with something that he's been thinking about for a long time. Also, I think it's really interesting. I'm not like advocating for a million remakes all the time, but I also think in this case, this is an interesting thing for him to do. I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see what he does with it. So also, so you mentioned you were in a high school musical. Was this the one that you and Adam were in together or is this a different one? No, this is Yeah. I was hoping one would be a shark, one a jet. (laughs) Oh, that would have been amazing. No, I I was a shark. Uh, and uh, no, Adam and I were in a production of Dames at Sea as dancing sailors together. So that's... <laughs> yeah. I feel we need a whole podcast to talk about Dames at yeah, Sea. Seriously. <laughs> I want to see pictures. <laughs> I know I know they exist. They do exist. Um, okay, I'm gonna be that person um, <laughs> here for a second. I do love West Side Story. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm also just like I didn't really need it. I didn't really need like a remake. I was I'm I've kind of just been like man about like the whole thing. I, I I'm not sure why. I think 
I, I just don't know. Like it, it looks great. And um, I'm hoping what they do in this film was like what they did with the, when they revived it in Broadway where they're singing in all Spanish and everything like that. You know, when you have the Puerto Ricans, like that's, that's my hope. Um, but like, other than that, I'm just like, I'm not as thrilled about it as like some other people, which is fine. Like, it's okay. It's, it's okay, man. Like I, I understand completely as a musical fan, I absolutely understand. Um, I don't know. Just this one isn't really grabbing me because I don't know. Yeah, that that's my answer. <laughs> it's like I decided I'll probably eventually see it, of course, because um, you know. Um, but yeah, this one is not. I'm not as excited about this one. Jackie, I've definitely that makes perfect sense because I've I've also I've definitely seen people be like, um, why are we remaking not just one of the best musicals of all time, but one that still holds up extremely well on film, and also didn't it win Best Picture? Like, literally, why are we remaking a Best Picture winner? Which I thought was interesting, like, in the discussion about it, to be mm-hmm. like, if the other one stands up, so it's not like you're remaking something that is like, oh, it's interesting, but it, you know, could use some tweaks. Yeah. It's like, and... you literally... Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. No, you're good. Please. <laughs> um, no, I'm just hoping, like, in this one... They, I don't know because it's it's in the story. If spoiler alert, if you haven't seen West Side Story, um, but um, in the film, like it's supposed to, we're supposed to believe that because of her love for this guy, like she's going to sidestep the whole fact that he murdered her brother. Like, okay, I don't know. I was even as a kid when I saw West Side Story, I was just like, I this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Can you guys take, try to make it make it make sense? Because it doesn't make sense to me. I was like, no, he's your brother. Like, he killed your brother. You barely know this man. <laughs> Wait, can we have a screening of the new West Side Story with Jackie giving commentary? Oh my like, God. Like, you know, like Mystery Science, science yeah. Theater? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in for this also. This sounds <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing why are you making these choices <laughs> she's literally like anita screaming like very smart maria and jackie's like yes that's exactly what i'm saying like, <laughs> she's, like, she's the only one who gets it <laughs> like don't get me wrong it's it's great like the conversation is as far as like these two these two groups from two ethnicities are like having these like you know, this, I mean, this like in that, like that's where like art imitates life. Really, I mean, you're you're having those discussions, and that's fantastic. But then, like, there's this whole other side, and you're like, "But he killed your brother. <laughs> How are you? What? No, I'm sorry. That's kind of a deal breaker. And by kind of, I mean it's an actual deal breaker. Like, what the heck? Anyway. <laughs> Jerry, I feel like visually you almost just did the meme with like where the that he's drinking and she's like oh my god yeah, I don't have a look <laughs> I need to like grab that's what I need to do every time I get into like one of my spiels I just need to have like my mug here and then like sip yeah all right I loved it that was great <laughs> I'm just thinking of the list of deal breakers. It's like changing the Netflix password, how deal breaker, <laughs> uh, murdering a brother. Uh, that's not great. I mean, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Adam, are, are you excited for West Side Story? <laughs> or, or do you just want to hear? You just want to hear Jackie's uh, commentary during the film. Um, I, I am excited for it. I, to Jackie's point, for a long time, I was like, uh, "Do we really need another West Side Story?" But what has kind of changed my opinion is reactions over the past couple of weeks. People say it's fantastic, and as Matt said, Spielberg has been wanting to make a musical for years and people say that it lives up to that that buildup of Steven Spielberg directing a musical and I also I've heard um Tony Kushner uh, adapted it um for this film and have made some some storytelling changes that I'm intrigued mm -hmm. about I don't entirely know changes he made but I've heard that he did make some some changes um and yeah and then there's the whole you know representation angle where you know the original had a lot of white actors playing Puerto Ricans and this kind of fixes that a little bit which is you know one of the ways that the original has not aged well um mm -hmm. and I always you know respect those kinds of things where you know people kind of want to write some you know movie history wrongs um I've also you know uh, I think Jackie was saying something about you know the that stage production um that had uh, the sharks singing in Spanish. Um, I know, I don't know if it's the songs, but someone was saying that there's large portions where the, the jet characters are speaking Spanish to each other and it's not subtitled. It's just mm -hmm. them speaking amongst themselves and it doesn't, the movie doesn't I subtitle it. And people say it's I a really that. interesting choice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there are a lot of things about it that I'm, now I'm really excited to see it. So. I am looking forward to it. <laughs> and it, it has gotten great reviews, which brings up an interesting, if it ends up in the best picture conversation, that's kind of interesting to have a best picture that is a remake of a previous best picture win winner, uh, which I think would be kind of an odd situation. But uh, again, I don't know if it will be a best picture candidate, but uh, the reviews I've seen on Twitter so far pretty much have been universal praise. And there's also interesting Oscar talk I saw about uh, since Rita Moreno is in this version as well. Um, and people saying that she, her character, since she's standing in for the, the doc character, she's his widow. Um, and so, but they, from what I've heard, they kind of beefed up that character as well. And they say that she's fantastic. And so people are wondering if she'll end up with a nomination for a new version of the same movie she previously won for. Um, and on top of that, now I'm drawing the blank, but the actress who plays uh, Anita in this one, a lot of people have also said is like the MVP and may also has a shot at a nomination. So that would be interesting that since Rita Moreno won for that character, I should look up. I was just going to say, I feel terrible because we literally, everything we've seen her in this year, we've been like, she's so amazing. Yeah. So she was in uh, Schmigadoon. Um, the prom, right? And then also, yeah, so the prom, Ariana DeBois, <clears throat> DeBose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say, yeah, she's fantastic. As Anita, anyway, <laughs> all the reasons to go see it. Yeah, we've had a lot of Rita Moreno movies this year. She mm -hmm. was, uh, she was in In the Heights. We, we played the Rita Moreno doc about her life, mm -hmm. star. Uh, so the, um, <laughs> I don't have a good transition for this next one. 
Anyway, speaking of West Side Story, here's a movie about a porn star. Uh, December 10th, we also have... Uh, no. <laughs> did, did that not work? Uh, Red Rocket is December 10th. <laughs> um, so this is from Sean Baker, who did the Florida Project, Tangerine. It is about a Washington porn star. Um, so he moves back to his hometown in Texas, uh, clashes with his estranged wife, um, it looks very good. It uses instincts bye 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 in the trailer. So I was like, I'm sold. <laughs> I don't need to know anything else. Sold. Um, any, any thoughts on this one? Or, or are you guys as familiar with this as West Side Story? I think it's another one of those little um, indie charmers that will get great reviews and um, and pop up on a lot of um, top 10 lists too. Adam, you have any thoughts on Red Rocket? Um, yeah, I, this is another one I've been looking forward to. Um, I like. Uh, the director's previous films, uh, Florida Project, and especially Tangerine, I'm a huge fan of. Um, and yeah, uh, this is another one that I've been hearing good things about. Um, I'm intrigued. Uh, I've heard uh, Simon Rex, uh, the lead performance, um, is pretty amazing. So it's it's kind of a of a comeback is the right word for him since he was kind of a it's not even like he was a big star in like the early 2000s but he hasn't done anything for a while and he kind of got plucked out to to do this film and people say he kind of knocks it out of the park and is great so I'm intrigued I'm always intrigued by that where you know an actor gets to do things uh, or show shades that they've never been able to before and kind of given a showcase to see what they can do um, which is kind of what I've heard happens here so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I always, I always like that. Like, uh, I feel Tarantino has done that with a lot of actors too, where they're off the radar for so long and then they just come back and, and knock it out of the park and, and are amazing. Uh, do either of you guys, Matt or Jackie, have thoughts on Red Rocket or is this one that more is kind of under the radar, I guess? Um, it was, it's under the radar. I watched the trailer and I mean, like I laughed in parts. It, it's not, it's not on my like, must see list but it's like one of those again like what you had said about like being an indie charmer um like we'll see especially like I would love to know like what um you know Adam or Matt think um like usually I'm like looking for it's like one of the movies that I'm like okay as soon as I see like positive reviews or something you know from people whose movie movie opinions I trust like I'm like okay maybe I'll just give this one a shot and then we'll see so yeah, it's one of those for me. And on my end, it's just the poster has been hanging in the little and there is a large donut on it. And so it has been subconsciously telling me to buy donuts for weeks. And so finally this morning we bought donuts and that is my thought on Red Rock. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Buy that's, donuts. That's, <laughs> that's a good letterbox review. I bought donuts. That's like the greatest praise a movie could get. It's like, it inspired me to buy donuts and then I ate donuts and it was great. I assume there's donuts in the movie, but I don't know. So. <laughs> Have to watch it and find out. And to be fair, donuts are kind of a recurring theme in Sean Baker's movie since a lot of Tangerine yeah. was set in a donut shop. Oh, yeah. Good point. Hmm. Man likes his donuts, apparently. Hey, I respect a donut fan. <laughs> It's gonna be like that. You're gonna be watching the movie, and it's gonna be like that moment where 
like someone says the title of the movie and you're like, <gasps> like if you see a donut, you're like, yes, like, you know, that's just that moment I think is going to happen. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> we, Adam and I just finally watched Queen's Gambit, which I know everybody else watched on, you know, Netflix like a year plus ago or whatever. And we finally mm-hmm. just this week, like, we're like, hey, let's watch that. But literally, like, whatever, three or four episodes in when they're like, oh, they play the Queen's Gambit. And I naturally did that. I was pointing and I was like, there! It's the Leonardo there it DiCaprio meme. Yep, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> the, uh, so, by the way, I was going to go on a little tangent and then I forgot. But I think I'm going to go back to this tangent, uh, which is our musical talk. It's a Red Rocket, not a musical. West Side Story is a musical, but we were talking about it earlier in the week, and we were and Matt had mentioned how Steven Spielberg always has wanted to do a musical, and then he got very excited and was like, "You know, Hook was going to be a musical, right?" Which I did not know. Maybe is that? Did most people know that, or is that just kind of like a fact? I don't think that's a common fact, personally, but I don't. Like I only know that because I've heard Matt talk about it. He was very excited. And then I was like, oh, what movies would be great musicals? And then Matt didn't even like, there wasn't even a millisecond of a pause. He immediately is like, babe. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So he thought about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh absolutely. <laughs> like, babe isn't far from Matt's mind at any given moment. <laughs> oh, I love that film. <laughs> <laughs> I wore that VHS tape out. I'm not going to lie. Like I watched it a ton as a kid. Yeah. Jackie, see, this is why you're my favorite. (laughs) I just, every time we talk, there's new reasons. Like, I love it. Uh, Truthfully, uh, like I adore, I adore Babe, but I truthfully will admit, I feel like if you were adapting it, you probably would decide it actually needs to be an opera because the emotions in it are that long. Okay. So that, no, I'm sold. <laughs> I mean, that's Real. even better. No, I just pictured it. I was like, that's perfect. Yes, absolutely. You can see it. So, yeah. And then Babe 2 will be a rock opera, obviously. <laughs> I love it. All right, Matt, get to writing. Like, <laughs> you got Make it happen. Go. <laughs> Guys, I got work to do. Done. Like, <laughs> the next intro i'm just going to introduce you all as babe fans <laughs> also a babe fan babe You're super fan <laughs> uh, so anyway, I... within a tangent have we talked about the fact that babe is matt's like default when he's sick movie he puts on and so yeah. i found out he's watched it like once a year for like the past forever at least <laughs> and it's always i have not i have seen that movie once in my life it wasn't until several years where he's like, oh, yeah, I watch it like every year. Where have I been? And he's like, okay. And it's yeah, right. always when he's sick, so alone in bed and he's just watching. And I have no idea. All right. Two and more I- podcast ideas right there. Okay. <laughs> One is like the movies you watch when you're sick and mm-hmm. is the movies you watch at least once a year, if not once a month. Because, yeah, let's talk about it. Not now, but I'm saying. <laughs> podcast ideas. Muscles, like I know we need to get back on track. So <laughs> for later on. 
And it's such an interesting dynamic, just Matt watching Babe every year. And Adam's like, man, I haven't seen Babe in a while. Matt's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of exactly how that original conversation went when I found out that, yeah, he's been watching it every year. And then when Adam and I watch things together, I'm like, oh, let's do Requiem for a Dream. Like, it's great. And then Adam's like, he's so dark. He doesn't watch anything light. And then I'm like, I'm like oh, Babe, thank you. <laughs> Uh, but I love the idea of what movies you watch if you're sick, like those comfort movies. That is a good podcast episode. We'll uh, we'll talk about it right now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, hey, okay. That yeah, that was a tangent within a tangent. We had to go there, uh, but actually, I still am on the tangent because then I tweeted about Matt wanting the Babe musical, and Jackie had a great tweet. Uh, I'll let you explain what you think would make a great musical. All right, y'all. Ex Machina. First of all. There's already a dance scene in there. Soup, I mean, I was super disturbed by it when I watched it, of course, given the context. But I mean, there are certain musicals that have also disturbed me, so it's fine. Um, it's, in, it's on brand. So like, you already have a dance sequence in there. Plus, could you, could you just, right now, for a minute, just imagine like that kind of like, you know, how actors, like when they're you know singing on stage and they have that like, there's that internal dialogue and they're singing that. So like the internal dialogue that's going on like with the main character when he first meets the AI. And then as he's like falling for her, like that whole dialogue, like what she's thinking, what he's thinking, like I, there's just like so many different ways you can go with this. And I just feel like that it would just make sense. It would just make sense as a musical. I would love to see that. I would pay all the money um, to watch that. That's yeah. So Ex Machina as a musical. Oh, yeah, I feel, yeah, and maybe any Alex Garland movie. I mean, Annihilation, the musical. Oh my God. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Crazy. Same. Uh, but Ex Machina does have the best uh, dance sequence with Oscar Isaac. And yeah, it's a little unsettling, but it's just as mesmerizing. <laughs> Jackie, as soon as you mentioned it, I could picture it. I was like, Jackie, this is brilliant. I was like, it's a black box. It's in the round. The stage itself rotates. It's a lot of projection and minimalist, like bright lighting. Like I was like, it's an electro funk score. Like right, it someone, writes someone itself. Get Alex Garland on the phone. Like yes. bro, we have an idea. <laughs> Love it. We have an idea for you. <laughs> yes. I, I would like to see a matrix musical. Um, which we could talk about. We're, we're going to get to the Matrix later. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but but I do think that would make a great musical. But our next, so I am going to finally move on. So the next movie is December 17th. It was filmed in Buffalo, our neighbor here in Rochester, Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro, based on the 1940s book. There was also a movie that came out in the 1940s. Um, both Matt, Adam, and myself did get, did get a chance to preview this film. Um, terrific performances, um, a beautiful look to it. And it actually, one of my favorite things, uh, it's not a spoiler, is it actually takes place in Buffalo. It's not, Buffalo isn't a stand-in for another city. It is Buffalo. Um, I would love to, they mentioned Buffalo over the radio at one point, and I would love to be like in a theater in like at North Park or one of the Buffalo theaters when, when that line drops and people probably are cheering. Um, so I, I think uh, a Guillermo del Toro movie is always one to look forward to. Uh, do you guys have any any thoughts on a Nightmare Alley? I'll start with you, Adam, because you have seen the original, right? Are you the only one here that's seen the original film? I think maybe. Yes. 
Oh, I guess so. Um, yeah, I I really like the original. I got to see it a few years back um, at the Dryden Theater's Nitrate Picture Show. Um, and it was great. So I had I had high expectations since I, I like the story. Um, I am a big fan of Guillermo del Toro. I wanted to see what uh, he would do with it. Um, and yeah, as you said, the, the performances in this new one are great, especially Kate Blanchett, I feel like is the best uh, playing the, the femme fatale role in this. And she is just so good at, at playing that. She's exactly what you want out of that type of character. And yeah, she's, for me, she kind of walked away with the movie. Like as soon as she appeared on screen, like it, it, it kind of came alive in a way that, yeah, was, she's always amazing to watch, but especially here being devious and manipulative and gorgeous. It's just, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And the basic plot, which I didn't describe at first for Nightmare Alley is a lot of it takes place at a carnival. So it's these carnival workers. So it has a cool setting and eventually Bradley Cooper's character, um, gets into it. Like he takes the carnival acts to a next level is a con man. Um, he's very, um, it's very interesting. His cons is he's very observant of people and the way they, he, he tricks people. Like part of it is with a partner who helps him out, but a lot of it is just observing, like he'll look at someone's shoes and can, um, kind of deduce almost like in a Sherlock Holmes way about this person's life, which I thought was very fascinating. Um, and kind of to your point about Kate Blanchett, um, and the femme fatale and just the 1940s vibe. I really want to bring back some of the way they speak in the 1940s. Like, dame, dame is a great word. I think, right? <laughs> you guys all look baffled. Everyone's like, no, Scott. That, that's, please, please don't call anyone a dame. That is not a good idea. <laughs> I mean, except if you're talking about, you know, um, you know, Dame Maggie Smith or... <laughs> you know, like the great, you know, Dame Judy Dench. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I which that. I do talk to them often. You know, yeah. I mean, no, if you're referring to them, Scott, I'm not saying that you're talking. Yeah. talking None of they us listen talking to them. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how I already said dames at sea on this podcast. And I feel like all of a sudden this podcast, like it's like, Every previous podcast for the last decade has had zero mentions of the word dame. And now this one has two. Like, it's too many. It's so many. The dames at sea also listen to the podcast. There's nothing else to do at sea. Except for for listen. Scott, I will admit there were a bunch of words. There were just enough uh, period words sprinkled throughout it that made me go, oh, like, like, it was interesting. It wasn't like the whole thing was so dense with them that I was like, what are they talking about? But, you know, there were enough all of a sudden that, yeah, that, well, that was interesting. Um, now that I'm talking, I'm going to continue. And I'm just going to say, so, <laughs> is that, um, Jackie, I will say, I personally thought that this had the most gorgeous photography that I have seen yeah. all year in it. The, so the cinematography in it is off the chains it's gorgeous so um and i think it's a really interesting mix of that guillermo del toro likes his color and his shadow which i also i'm a fan of the fact of actually having color in things um but also it i feel like there's always that people talk about like filming things 
in upstate New York that, you know, we do have a lot of clouds and a lot of cloudy days. It's not a lot of like crazy blue skies. And the clouds in this are ubiquitous throughout the entire thing. And I thought it was really kind of gorgeous. Like the the snow and the clouds and the quality of the light in it. I really, I thought this may be the most gorgeous film I've seen this year. Yeah. I mean, it's about it's about knowing what to do with them. Cause you can look at clouds and think, okay, this, you know, this is totally boring and everything like that. And I'm like, no, like you gotta know how to shoot it and to like to bring out like the beauty that's in that. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, like I've seen some gorgeous photos. And in fact, I, as a photographer, like prefer shooting, you know, in cloudy days. Cause you get that like, oh, like it's this very even sort of look and everything. And I don't know, just things look fuller. Yeah, like, and fighting with the sun is never fun. So yeah, exactly. So I prefer cloudy. And like I said, it's about knowing what to do with that. And it sounds like they pulled it off. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's gorgeous to look at, so. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good film noir. So truthfully, I hope this does well enough that it inspires kind of a resurgence of that genre um, since, yeah, I'm, I, I, I love film noirs and I feel like like the original like period of film noir was in when the country was in kind of a dark place post-war and I feel like we are prime for, for another take on those kinds of stories. Um, so I hope that happens. That's, that's what I hope comes out of this movie that we get more awesome film noirs. Yeah, I can't think of a lot of like recent film noirs, like Christopher Nolan, some of his very first movies, which were now yeah. 20 years old, like following is film noir, but I, I can't think of any recent examples. So I, I'm with you on that. I, I would love to see more. <laughs> I didn't know if you were thinking and about to, to say it, something. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone watched Matt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, should I interrupt now and move on to the next subject? Or is Matt going to drop some knowledge on us? Be like, do you know it used to be a musical? No. <laughs> no, I because I, no, I, I, again, like it's one of those things where like, not to go back to photography for a second, but like, I, I love that film noirs had such deep shadows because I like those uh, parallel, not parallel. I like those opposite ends. I love like really harsh, deep shadows, but I also love color. And I feel like so much stuff now, I mean, this, this is that whole discussion, like everything is a very gray or even teal. Washed out. Yes, it's yeah. all washed out, everything. Yeah. Nothing has like pops anymore uh, in its in general film cinematography. But I was just thinking about the fact that what other film noirs have I thought of recently? And I was like, well, we don't get a lot of black and white films anymore, like occasionally, but film noirs don't have to be in black and white. And this is, again, sounds crazy, but I think the most film noir looking, not the whole movie in its total tone, but looking thing recently that I loved was Detective Pikachu, honestly. Like it's it, it, literally, it's a, uh, I saw it described as a neon noir because so much of it has lit by neon lights and it's all bright pops of color, but they specifically also set it in kind of like the underbelly of like the Pokemon training world. And so there's all these deep shadows, like Pokemon, like sitting at bars, drinking milk or water or something, you know, like, and it's, but it's got that look to it. Like, and it made me honestly want another 
Pokemon live action film because I loved the look of it so much because it felt like a film noir, which I was not expecting from Detective Pikachu. Um, Gunpowder Milkshake does that a little bit. Oh, I've been wanting to see that. Yes. So the colors are like in your face, but it's also got those deep shadows that you're talking about. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. I really want to see it. Yeah. On Netflix. Not that, you know, we're trying to. Sorry. This is just another tangent. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's, what maybe, that's what reminded me of that. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are bleeping out when you say Netflix. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I'm not saying uh, black and white films. This has actually been, a, I feel like, a big year for black and white films. We've gotten a bunch um, from Passing and Belfast. Belfast come on, yeah. come on, it's yeah. black and white. And hopefully we'll talk about a little later, The Tragedy of Macbeth. That's <gasps> a black and white that I'm looking forward to. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I should keep this. I looked at the time. I'm like, oh, I better, I better keep this moving along because... <laughs> A lot of tangents. Uh, but the next one is one I'm very much looking forward to, as I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, The Matrix always has held a special part in my heart. I saw it in the theater originally, uh, Had a, was not old enough to see an R-rated movie, but we made it happen. Um, and I was just blown away by it. It was before, it was the opening weekend, so it didn't have it, it wasn't the iconic sci-fi film that it is now. So I didn't know it would blow up and it just, it blew my mind, just the plot of it, the action sequences. I didn't quite understand everything that was going on that first viewing, uh, but I loved it. Uh, we got to screen it again 20 years later um, in 2019 as part of the Littles um, Party Like It's 1999, best movie year ever series. Um, and it was one of my favorite screenings we've had at the Little, just the energy in that room, especially when the movie ended. Uh, there's a Rage Against the Machine song that plays in the credits. So just that, you know, that music and that energy in the room when the, when the lights went down and the, the credits were rolling was just amazing. So I am very excited for The Matrix Resurrections, December 22nd. Um, I, I'm one who liked Matrix Reloaded. Uh, Matrix Revolutions, not as much. Um, although I think, I don't know much about the plot of this movie, but it seems like there's a lot of echoes to the original um, and it kind of has something to do with with the original and something going on with that. Um, I like not knowing anything, but I'm very excited for it. Jackie, what, what are your thoughts on The Matrix? Are you, are you ready to go back down the rabbit hole here? Oh, God. Um, all right. Yeah, that was a long, rambling question. It's fine. No, it's all, it's all good. Um, I have a little bit of a confession to make. Please don't take away, take away my geek card. Um, but um, I've only seen bits and pieces of The Matrix be quite honest oh i did not know this uh yeah everyone is like it raves about it and i was like i don't remember certain parts <laughs> <laughs> ah um like and not to say that i haven't like tried to go back and like just watch them because i'm like listen if i reveal this someone's taking my geek card away and i'm like listen i've watched so many geek content it's not even funny um but like this one i'm like I tried and I'm going to go and eventually go back and watch. Cause I'm, cause, cause as I think when I was watching, I'm trying to watch when I was younger. So like trying to understand what the heck is going on. Like at a younger age, I'm like, okay, I, yeah, I don't understand what's happening. And so I'm like, if I watch it, I feel like if I watch, you know how you like watch stuff as an adult and you start the things start to connect. You're like, oh, okay. So like at some point, <laughs> hopefully before, before the movie comes out, I don't, I don't feel like I have much time, but um, I would like to go back and actually watch them and then watch the new one and see if it holds up. 
So that way it's like fresher in my mind and I can piece things together. Um, I just, I'm also like, too, is, do we have a different Morpheus? Like I noticed that in the trailer. I was like, what happened to Fishburne? Like what, <laughs> like what, what, this is a new guy. And that, and I do like that actor, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, wait a minute. They switched Morpheus up on us. What's going on? So anyway. Yeah, that's something I'm curious about too. I'm like, did they, I mean, why wouldn't you want to bring Lawrence Fishburne back? Maybe there's a reason. Maybe there'll be more Matrix movies and he'll be back. But uh, but your point, I'm not seeing it. I, I always think that's interesting um, that even people like, we're all huge movie fans, but like each, every single person has movies that are considered, they're the movie that you're like, oh, I haven't seen that. And someone would be like, really? What? Like, I'm yeah. surprised. But I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like everyone has their own, I mean, you could only watch so many movies. Yeah, so there are a lot of movies out there. Nobody can see them all. Yeah. So and, everyone and, has those, those blind spots. And so much of like our experience of it is like the first time seeing it, like our atmosphere, like I was saying, it's my favorite, but because of that first screening just changed how I think about it. So like if your first viewing was like, oh, I'm not into this, like bits and parts, it's confusing. Like it's really interesting, the psychology of when you're watching a movie and how that shapes you know what what you feel about it yeah like i get the i get what it did for the just like the cinematic you know experience in general like just the whole slow motion bit because in every other movie after that like tried to put in like the slow motion into action and it just got tiring i'm speaking to you 300 and um like it just it's sorry but it's just annoying you're like listen only so many movies could pull this off. Matrix was one of them, the parts I didn't see. And then like other movies after that, there was just like movie after movie. It's like doing all these like slow motion action sequences. And I'm like, guys, this trend can only <laughs> work for so many movies. It's like, it's tiring and exhausting. Find, find a new trend. <laughs> yeah. So Matt, you have seen the Matrix, correct? <laughs> 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 I think that'd be funny if you guys are all like, I, what? I haven't seen The Matrix. <laughs> yes, uh, I have seen uh, all three films um, and not surprising to anyone who knows how much I love animation. I actually think The Animatrix is the second best Matrix property behind the original film um, because I like the fact that it did what I generally want more franchises to do. It literally said... I would like different filmmakers to make stories set within this universe we've created and not feel like they have to be exactly tied into the narrative of the original characters. I'm looking at you, Star Wars. Um, so I feel like the Animatrix both expanded the world, gave context to the world, and also like showed what else can happen within it, but in all different animation styles. Again, there's a black and white film noir that's freaking gorgeous. There's you know, abstract, like CGI. It's, I, the Animatrix, honestly, is the thing that I champion the most from the Matrix universe because I feel like very few people have seen it and I think it's just amazing. I actually have not seen the Animatrix. And being such a big fan, I just, I never, I, and I do think I would like it a lot. I mean, it's I played, great. there was a video game in the 2000s, Enter the Matrix, that I played at like the story of that. So, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm invested in that world. Uh, so Adam, what are, you, what are your thoughts? You're, are you excited? Or are you kind of cautiously optimistic about this new Matrix? 
I feel like cautiously optimistic is the right word since I I like the Matrix movies, the ones I've seen. I've only seen the first two. I haven't seen Revolutions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looking, that's looking for confirmation if I made that title up. Yeah, I, I still have not seen the third one. Um, since I was lukewarm on Reloaded, I feel like I need to revisit. I haven't watched it since around when it came out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the original. Um, uh, I'm curious to see, you know, revisiting that world and see what, because uh, it's just Lana it is. Wachowski directing this. Um, but I'm curious if there was a reason that she decided she wanted to revisit this world. So I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Like what made her want to be like, you know what, it's time. Did, did we, I think Scott and I talked about, did you and I talk about, maybe we didn't talk about, I read an interview with why Lana decided oh, yeah. to do it. Yeah. So I also should say I'm a huge Wachowski fan. Like I just, the sensibility of what they bring to the table, I think is really interesting. And I hate to say it, but often groundbreaking. And I feel like they have somehow positively convinced studios to give them oodles of money to make very pulpy, very ridiculous titles. And I have a lot of respect for that. Um, I think Speed Racer is an underrated masterpiece. I love Speed Racer. I think it's fantastic. So um, at some point we'll convince the little to do a series, a retrospective of all their films. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Um, but uh, Lana Wachowski said that in this case um, that she had been avoiding trying to revisit characters just because it's popular and sequels and, you know, everything. But um, she said that um, her father passed away and she was having a really, really hard time processing the death of her father. And she said that she kept returning to things that comforted her um, and also started talking about like the elements of time and cyclical and trying to get things back, but also trying to move forward. And those themes and her trying to process her grief is what led her to write the script for this new Matrix film, which I think is fascinating and not at all what I would have expected on how we got another Matrix movie. And uh, they are, as Scott said, being crazy, like tight-lipped on what the plot of it is. So I have no idea how that relates, but I thought that was a, it was, it was in like a director's roundtable interview that it was mentioned. And I think that that is a fascinating, like, you know, initial seed to gestate this film from, so... Oh, yeah, when so I went to look at IMDb just to check out what the plot was, like even IMDb is like plot details unavailable. So yeah, they were being very secretive about exactly what the plot is. Yeah, is this the first one that Lana's done without her sister? Then yeah, that'll be that will be interesting. Yeah, I I just love their their um filmography. So interesting. Like the only movie that they made before the matrix was bound like they made bound which i know you you got adam matt and adam just saw recently uh at the dryden um which will i'll bleep myself out saying Dryden. No. <laughs> um, so then they went on the matrix made the sequels um we were talking with our second with our friend of the podcast matt pasentino who's another movie writer and he said he, he was a little um irked that there's four matrixes now and only one jupiter ascending <laughs> Which I know the Anomaly podcast doesn't cover it on the Jupiter Ascending uh, conversation. 
Love Jupiter Ascending. So good. So weird. Yeah. I still haven't seen that one. So. I haven't seen that one, and I, you won't get me to. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? I'm so excited. Um, because I try to avoid films with Channing Tatum in it. Oh, uh, okay, that would do it. Terrible. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Um, <laughs> it's not good. It's just not good. What? <laughs> I feel like, I like you just struck <laughs> a devastating blow. Does that mean you oh, like no. even even the Magic Mike movies? First of all, um, okay, funny story about Magic Mike. <laughs> it, it came out a friend of mine, a friend, a friend of mine, and, and me and I. Anyway, we went to go see. The same, yeah, the, the same night that that came out, we went to go see, I think it was, um, Abra- it was either Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer or, or Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter. I can't remember which, but there was like a ton of women in line. And so when we stepped up to say what movie we were going to see, he was just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> like, he was just like completely like, we just like took him out. It was, it was bad. But anyway, um, yeah, no. Um, Magic Mike did not really interest me. I was, I was just like, no, I'm not in it. And then also, and I, I still have yet to see Foxcatcher, um, but like I'd been avoiding it because it has Channing Tatum in it. It was awful, and I can't stand it. <laughs> I am a huge fan of the Magic Mike movies, especially Magic Mike Double XL, which I just think okay. is a masterpiece. It is just a phenomenal movie that you just, you watch that movie and you just smile the entire way through. So I'm so excited that they just announced they're making a third one. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I'm a fan of Channing Tatum. To say the other ones, uh, 21 Jump Street, I feel like, I feel like if you don't like Channing Tatum, I feel like those are the ones to visit. Like, yeah. I can't get myself to do it. I can't get myself to do it. And you know what pissed me off the most is like, I was watching Lego movie. And I realized, first of all, Superman is one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite superheroes. And the fact that he's voicing him, I was like, do I walk out of this movie or not? And like, seriously sitting there going, uh, why? Why are you? No, absolutely not. I was like, Abs- no. So yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but not sorry. Yes, go, uh, Matt. <laughs> Wait, then I want to know, Jackie, have you seen Teen Titans go to the movies? Like- no. Oh my God. So speaking, okay, so sorry, Scott, but speaking of like amazing animated, like superhero films, I had not seen the cartoon at all, like the, you know, show, the series of Teen Titans Go. I just knew people talked about the writing was great and it was really funny and everything. And on a whim, Adam and I went and saw Teen Titans Go to the movies. Mm -hmm. Talk about like an amazing, one of the best superhero animated films. So hilarious, so entertaining. And Superman and that voiced by Nicolas Cage. Like, what? Insane. See, it's and amazing. that's great because, like, him and then also Nicolas Cage being the voice of speaking, bringing back to film noirs, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, Spider Man yes. in the film noir version. See, I'm bringing us back. That's great. I love okay. it. <laughs> When you need a cozy film this winter and you are snowed at home and can't go to your local art house movie theater, you should watch King Titans go to the movies. But the way that you said this winter, it sounded like this winter. Check You know what? Like that voice. Movie trailer voice, yeah. This winter. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say Channing Tatum does listen to the podcast. <laughs> 
And in oh, this case, get watch. acting classes pronto. <laughs> or I'm saying this as a professional, maybe invest. Okay, see, I, I didn't know if you like did Washington, something personally. Or... Denzel, motherfucking Washington, is still going to acting classes. Hello, like, bro. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no shame. No shame in the acting game. If you go for acting classes, just to brush up. You know what I mean? I just, yes. I'm sorry. That other thing about like, you know, being a pretty face, which I, I don't. I'm not attracted to him, and that's fine. You know, whatever. To each his own. Um, but at, at the same time, I'm like, you're just hiring him because you're trying to reach a certain demographic here, and he just, yeah, no, he's not. He's not good. <laughs> you're convince me otherwise the other day like i put up this whole thing about like timothy chalamet right i'm like is he a good actor or is he not a good actor and then people suggested movies and i was like okay i'm gonna watch these right i watched the king he was great in that so i was like okay i'll keep going i'm sorry but i can't <laughs> i just can't like i will watch fox catcher at some point though so let's say 21 jump street both movies like if you have not found the charms of Channing Tatum, I feel like if you don't find them there, then you won't find them anywhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank I, you, Adam. Appreciate it. I am so excited, and Scott, I'm going to turn it back up to you for this comment. I'm so excited <laughs> for us to screen one of the Jump Streets at The Little, and the entire advertising campaign leading up to it is just trying to convince Jackie to come okay. see it that's like, fine. the entire ad campaign just starts with i'm here Dear jackie. for it <laughs> i'm here for it set us up like i will be there we will record me you commit, just giving me like list just list off all the things like that you know but seriously like please welcome guest of honor jackie mcgriff <laughs> So we, so we do at the little what we're doing for January and February is we have private screening rentals. So we could just have Jackie get one and then she'd be like, I pick this movie and then we'll just play a Channing Tatum one. No matter what, she's like, that's not what I picked. We're like, Too Adam is the projectionist and he'll play whatever he wants. Right now, I have to now I have to buy them under a different name. Um, Like I have to change everything now. Oh man! We'll we'll just play Channing Tatum for all of them, just (laughs) just to make sure. We've got to get her once. We've got to get her once. People are like, "This is so weird." The little is just picking a whole Channing Tatum movies. It's not my pick. I love this. So anyway, opening <laughs> next at the little Channing Tatum and Timothy Chalamet together. <laughs> I don't dislike Timothy Chalamet. It's a whole different thing. <laughs> I mean, I, like call- I wasn't I wasn't sold on his performance in June, but I'm going back and watching other movies. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Continue. I, we find out something new every time. It's like I did not know there was this Channing Tatum like just feelings. <laughs> Very no. strong feelings. It's awful. I'm sorry, <laughs> but not sorry. I keep saying I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not apologizing. You shouldn't be sorry. I'm You're really very sure. yeah. Have the movie. We we welcome opinions of all types. I'm trying to think if there's any person who I just won't watch their movie. I don't think there is. That's another I, podcast idea. Yeah. Put it in a list. Put it in a list. I'm no, I've known some people who are really against Tom Cruise movies, which I, I could get not yeah. liking him personally, I have but friends who. 
that that moment when he's getting like he's like dying multiple times in um what is it? It's, well, change the title. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Live die repeat yes. or like day after tomorrow. Yes, right, exactly. Live die repeat. So um I have a friend who was getting happy every time that happened. She's like, I can't stand Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm gonna screen minority report at some point at the little because it's my favorite Spielberg movie, which is kind of a, I think a weird, it's, I mean, obviously Spielberg is on Jurassic Park, Jaws, it's a countless great movies, but Minority Report is always the one that I just, I hold dear. Uh, so I don't have a good transition to the next one because we already talked about Spielberg, but Paul Thomas Anderson is in that Spielberg level and he has a new movie that will be coming out December 24th, Licorice Pizza. Um I do want to serve licorice on pizza at concessions, even though that's not at all what the movie is about. Um, so the movie is, I love the cast of it. It stars Alana Haim, who's of course in the band Haim with her sister, uh, Cooper Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, uh, Bradley Cooper, um, who did, of course, um, he was in Nightmare Alley and now this, so he's having a good December. I think he has like kind of a small, I think he kind of steals some scenes from what I've read. Uh, but I, I'm just very excited about this um, Paul Thomas Anderson, of course, we we played one of his movies in in the 1999 series too, Magnolia, which is probably his, I think his most, is it his most popular movie? I don't know if that's if that's accurate, but definitely one of his most popular. Yeah. So, are you guys excited for this one? Do you think of this is going to be a best picture, or is this just going to be one of those ones that is really good and but doesn't necessarily get that Oscar recognition? Uh, I'll start with you, Adam. And what are your thoughts on Licorice Pizza? Uh, I am super excited for this one. Um, I'm a huge Paul Thomas Anderson film fan. Um, uh, Oscar chances, I don't know. It doesn't immediately strike me as like one of those films that Oscar voters love. But at the same time, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. I feel like they have come around to realizing that how great he is. Because I don't think people expected Phantom Thread to get a whole lot of Oscar attention. And then suddenly it had a bunch of nominations, including Best Picture. Um, so I wouldn't count it out um, for, you know, award season contender. Um, There's another one I, I haven't seen yet, but I've heard amazing things. Um, I've heard it's a, just a fun kind of shaggy dog story that, you know, isn't plot centric, but it's just like spending time with these characters. And yeah, I've heard, I've heard great things. Um, so I'm yeah I'm looking forward to it and I'm also curious since um, Philip Seymour Hoffman was kind of I don't know if muse is the right word but they they had a creative partnership that he was in almost all of his films and to see him you know now working with uh, his son I'm curious to see you know what that's like on screen um, so yeah so there there are a lot of things that that the reasons that I'm looking forward to that movie got like almost famous vibes from from the trailer too. Uh, Jackie, are you looking forward to Licorice Pizza? I am. Um, it's one of those um, that I immediately, when I saw the trailer, I was like, I need to absolutely see this. Um, I love coming of age stories. Um, and <clears throat> like the the other huge thing um, about me is like, I like seeing when you have like two virtually unknown um, actors and, you know, you have them on the big screen and, and it's this story that seems... I mean, to me, like, again, it's a coming of age story with virtually unknowns, 
Um, it, there's there's parts that made me laugh. Um, there's parts where I'm just like, oh, I wanted to know more like about what that particular scene is. Um, Bradley Cooper's whole like thing with like he, like you know who's my girlfriend like that that whole thing just like bit it, every time I watch the trailer it always makes me laugh. Um, but yeah, and it's set in the 70s and just like that whole vibe and everything. I it's definitely like one of those that I'm like I'm in fully in um so i'm excited to see that and like what they're able to create on screen plus paul thomas anderson like i always feel like he's he, he makes these amazing films and so i'm really it ha- just has everything for me so i'm look, really looking forward to this one yeah. matt would you eat licorice pizza and what are your thoughts on the movie <laughs> uh, terrible food uh film looks great <laughs> 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 It took me somebody posting about it on Twitter to realize what the title meant. Like I totally mm. wouldn't know that. But Lucas Pizza is a vinyl record. Like mm. oh. it was oh, apparently there was a, a record store with that name. But yeah, it's a it's a vinyl record. It was a licorice pizza. Okay. Wow. Okay, I don't feel so bad that nobody <laughs> it blew like, my mind oh, with it. Yeah. Well, I knew so the movie takes place in San Fran- San Fernando Valley in 1973. So I knew Licorice Pizza was a play. I thought it was an actual pizza joint, but it, maybe it's a vinyl. No, it's, so that actually, it's a, it's a, it was a record story. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot more sense because it's about music. It's about Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up. Um, so that actually makes sense. I knew that all along. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, but I, so I think we're all excited for that. I'll, I'll move it along because I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, the only other movie we have right now on our little schedule, and again, we'll add more. We do have Saturday Night Rewinds. We have Gremlins. We have Die Hard. We have Christmas Vacations. We have a lot of other movies, but we also have Cyrano, which is Peter Dinklage in a musical version of Cyrano de Bergerac, which was the first movie to ever play at the Little, October 17th, 1929. Mm-hmm. It debuted. So I, I think this is one we're looking forward to. Now, I, do, unless you guys have any comments on that, I might just skip to the uh, the next part. Do you guys have any Cyrano comments or thoughts? I was gonna say it looks like a visual treat. Like it's Joe Wright, um, a kind of prejudice and atonement. Um, and I love the cast, Peter Dinklage, uh, Haley Bennett, who I know Matt and I loved in Swallow and Kelvin Harrison Jr. who is great, um, who's in Moose um, and Waves. And a whole bunch of other things. So yeah, that, with that cast, and do we do we did you say I missed it that it's also a musical, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah so. back to the musical discussion, full circle. We did it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Calvin Harrison Jr. and Loose is amazing. So I, anything that he's said, like that—that's one of those performances where it gets your attention. You're like, okay, sure. whatever else this person is, and I'm in for. Uh, so yeah, th- those are what we have on the list. I- I'll give you each a chance. I know there's a couple other movies that we didn't get to that are either coming out in December or January or at some point that we're looking forward to. So I- I'll just go around to each of you. If you have a couple movies you want to give a shout out to, um, if I'm catching you off guard with that question, you could just pass and <laughs> that'll be fine too. Uh, I'll start with you, Adam, as you said, you had a couple. Are- what are movies are you looking forward to that are that may be coming out in the next few months, either at the Little or, or in general? You can name a few, since I know you had a couple in, in mind. Uh, I'll try. i narrow it down. Um, Flea, um, which is a movie I've seen, um, but I'm hoping uh, comes to theaters in Rochester. Uh, do- animated documentary about uh, a refugee from Afghanistan, kind of recounting his story and his, his escape from that country and kind of 
finding a new home uh, in Denmark, which uh, played an image out and won their documentary jury award. Um, it is an amazing movie that I feel like is going to be an Oscar contender, either for animated feature or documentary um, international feature. I feel like it's got a shot at any or all of those. Um, and it's a great movie. So I hope more people get the chance to see that. Um, I already kind of mentioned it, but the tragedy of Macbeth, uh, Joel Cohen, you know, doing Shakespeare's Macbeth um, with Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth, which that pairing just sounds incredible. Uh, uh, there are so many others. Uh, Parallel Mothers, um, the new Pedro Almodovar film um, with Nelby Cruz. Um, I will see anything that Almodovar does. And I've heard this is kind of, this is like top tier Almodovar from what I've heard. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, uh, I'll limit it to one more. Uh, the Lost Daughter, I'm also looking forward to, which is uh, the directorial debut for Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, starring Olivia Coleman and Dakota Johnson and Jesse Buckley, all three actresses I love. Um, Olivia Coleman is a woman who uh, is kind of escaping from her past, goes on kind of a holiday and becomes uh, obsessed with a young mother played by Dakota Johnson and kind of secrets about her past that are revealed from there. And I've heard amazing things. And as I said, I love all those actresses and I'm excited to see what Maggie Gyllenhaal does directing a film. Uh, there are a bunch more, but I'll limit it to that. Let someone else talk. Those are good answers. Uh, going back to what you said about Flea, that would be amazing if that could get a best picture being both animated and a documentary and an international movie. Like all those things at the Oscars are somehow obstacles to be best picture, which they shouldn't be. Uh, I just read a recent article about how you never see documentaries even nominated for best picture and, and you don't see animated ones either. They have their own category. So that would be amazing if that could, if that could break through. Um, and Parallel Mothers, I knew we do, that's, I think it is coming to some cities in December, but I know for the Rochester market and the little, that's, that'll be coming in January. So that is one that I think people can look forward to seeing here. Uh, Matt, what do you, um, did? Ad, I don't know if Adam took some of your movies, but is there anything else you're looking forward to? Adam took all the ones I was going to mention. <laughs> I always have to end with Adam. He's so good with the answer. <laughs> what, if I, what if I feed you one? <laughs> Adam, Adam, what am I looking forward to? <laughs> I don't. I actually don't. Uh, hopefully, I think it's it's probably one of those straddling lines of December and January. But uh, Petite Maman. Oh, um, I've is... seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it, Matt. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> um, everyone, I'm looking forward to Petite Maman coming to the Rochester Market. <laughs> We're gonna edit out all of this before it's gonna be so smooth. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm terrible at release dates. And I also, as Adam knows, I'm usually terrible about, about remembering what I've seen, but we just watched that. So I should remember it. Anyway, um, Petite Maman um, is, uh, I'm gonna butcher her name, uh, Celine Sciamma's new film, the director of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. How's her name actually pronounced, Adam? I think it's just Sciamma. Okay. I don't think that it's a hard C, but I could be wrong about that. She listens, we could ask. I know, that's a good <laughs> point, like, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so Portrait of a Lady on Fire, unequivocally amazing, a gorgeous film. And this is her follow-up. And I feel like it's really, really interesting in that it is both just as finely tuned and as intimate as she wants it to be, but it's also 
sweeter and quieter and it feels much smaller even though portrait wasn't like you know huge epic craziness but um it's literally it's about um a girl who is with her parents um at her late grandmother's house and it's about her kind of experiencing the house and then her experiencing the woods and I don't know where the spoiler lines are in plot description, so I'm not going to go into what I think is a spoiler, but it's it's about her interacting with another child that she meets in the woods and just kind of their friendship. Um, it's impressive how much emotion and storytelling occurs in this film with very little dialogue. There is dialogue, but it's like a line and then it resonates like it's beautiful. It's small. It's short. Um, it's it's, it's like seventy-two minutes, and yeah. it's impressive what she's able to do in a small amount of time in a small-scale story. Yeah, it's it's really lovely. It's a great little film. That's it, for Jackie. Me. Do, do you need? <laughs> do, do you have any, or, or do we? Are we going back to Adam Diff Whisper? Um, definitely Flea, definitely um, The Tragedy of Macbeth, cannot wait um, to see Denzel opposite um, Frances McDermott. Her as Lady Macbeth is going to, she's going to kill it. Like it, both of them will kill. I mean, I'm just so, so excited about this film. Um, or both of those films. Um, another one that I've seen, I had seen on the, the website was uh, Jockey. And I'm actually happy that Clifton Collins Jr. is actually getting like more of a like the lead. He's always been in like these really like random parts in like big movies. And I've been wanting to see more of his, you know, more of his acting abilities, especially in a dramatic role. So I'm very like I'm very happy to see him take on the lead and it looks like a very compelling movie. Um, just a story of like a kind of like this uh, this veteran. Uh, jockey you know and you see in the trailer like his his health is, is is kind of declining and everything like that and then there's this new um jockey that comes on the scene who claims to be his son um again it's all in the trailer um so it's like there's so many opportunities you know for those those kind of that that kind of performance that you're like oh like I think he may get recognized may may not but like at the same time I'm excited to see how he pulls it off, how the story unfolds and everything like that. Um, so that's, and that's one of those that was under my radar until like I had seen a trailer for it. I was like, oh, that's definitely on the list. I want to catch that. Um, and like the other, this is more of a series. Um, I believe that's coming a little. So you guys are partnering with the city It's called Beyond the Fold. So it's the movies featuring journalism, which I, those are the kinds of movies where I'm, absolutely going to be on board because I think telling the story of journalists I think especially in this day and age I know journalists who are you know hard-working people who are just trying to get to the truth and in this time of you know people not trusting the media I think um I think a lot of movies have done a great job as far as like telling the stories of those journalists who are out here doing their jobs really just working around the clock to make sure that they get you know, they, they, they get to the truth of the matter. Um, and then also like blurring the lines between fabrication and actual truth. So like, it's, it's this really complex thing. And so like diving deeper into that, I think having this, a series like this is, 
fantastic. Um, so that's one I'm, that's a series that I'm looking forward to. And of course you got like Saturday Night Rewind. Um, first of all, the um, Christmas Vacation is one of my and my sister's favorite Christmas movies. Um, that, first of all, that movie is so quotable. Um, and then to see it on the big screen, like I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Also, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I don't know who still disputes that. Uh, and yeah, um, we can also go, you know, forever on like what other Christmas movies are. On my on one of my new new favorite Christmas movies being The Green Knight because it takes place around Christmas. Yes, The Green Knight's a go. Christmas movie. Absolutely. It is a Christmas movie. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to all of that as well. So yeah, you guys, as always, will hear my thoughts. Thank you so much for pitching all our stuff to the little. You're welcome. We all work at the little, and you're the one. You're welcome. Yes. I am very excited for Beyond the Fold. It's good to be able to team with City um, and to have conversations after the movie, too, which are are important. Um, Shattered Glass is one that's amazing. It's about Stephen Glass. Hayden Christensen plays um, Stephen Glass, who is a a journalist who fabricated stories. So it's a very Mm -hmm. good um, conversation about the ethics in journalism. Um, one of my favorite movies about journalism is Obit, which is a documentary um, about the New York Times Obit writers, um, which sounds like it could be a little morbid, but it's not. It's about storytelling and telling people people's lives. Um, and, and these are, you know, elite world-class storytellers for the New York Times. So they go into these different stories and how they write it and into people's lives. And it's such a fascinating movie. Uh, for Saturday Night Rewind, I was going to be a jerk and be like, oh, yeah. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, so quotable. What are your thoughts, Matt? <laughs> I am happy to share that, Jackie, I've never seen it. Um, okay. I've never seen it. I've never seen a trailer for it. I don't know what really? it's about. Okay. And so I am very excited. I am going to attend it at Saturday Night awesome. Rewind at The Little. Um, I am going as a uh, a friend date with uh the littles uh membership director katie festa because it is one of her favorite movies and so <laughs> i am very excited to see it with her uh it's going to be delightful yeah we can't emphasize enough how much our membership director katie loves national lampoon's christmas vacation absolute favorite movie oh man <laughs> uh, so i i think we i think we covered it all my only movie that i wanted to mention that is the lamest answer to what you're looking forward to but i'm looking forward to it is the the new spider-man movie just because i love spider-man first of all <laughs> I first of all that. oh my god i'm sorry scott continue before i butt in scott, continue with your answer please my apologies. well i was saying it's lame because it's just it's just like a, a obvious answer because it's a blockbuster marvel that everyone loves but i love spider-man so much i love they're bringing back this isn't a spoiler it's in the trailer i hope it's not a spoiler but it looks like willem dafoe is back as green goblin and Doc Ock, and which, uh, some of these iconic roles. Um, and we also get a new Spider-Verse in 2022, right? I think we do. So Spider-Man, I, I'm on board with it. Uh, I, I know, I, obviously, sometimes when you try to bring in too many elements, and I think this might be your point, Jackie, it can get a little convoluted and a little difficult, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm there for it. Uh, what, what, what were you going to say, Jackie, about Spider-Man? A few things. <laughs> one, one is I just... I honestly just want the movie to be out so um, fan boys and and girls and everyone who's a fan of Spider-Man will stop talking about it because the Twitter feed has been insane 
with the amount of like speculation and yeah but did you see this part in the trailer went wow and i'm just like shut up and then there's all these other things about like toby versus andrew versus tom and i'm like listen each of them brought their own approach to the character okay we all know that the best the best spider-man is into the spider-verse without a question so like let's just let's just knock that on the head right there um but i do i do like channing tatum's spider-man too shut (laughs) shut it um (laughs) absolutely not um mm -mm, scott don't don't do it man um yeah so i just want this to be out so that people shut up um and but the other thing too is uh no i'm very i have not watched i have only seen like the teaser i haven't seen like the full trailer because i was just trying to avoid anything like i wanted to go in blind just to have this experience because lord knows like twitter has done its share of saying everything and anything about the film. And I'm just like, I'm sick and tired. Poor Andrew Garfield, who is like, not poor Andrew Garfield, but I'm like, I feel bad for him because I'm less, I'm just like all these, I've seen all of these, like these interviews about them, like trying to get stuff out of him. Meanwhile, while he's promoting two films, like, okay, the eyes of Tammy Faye and Tick, Tick, Boom. Like he's just trying to talk about these two films and like all they could talk about is Spider-Man. I'm like, guys, shut up. Like, just let it be. So I'm going in blind. Uh, that's also one though I am looking forward to and to see, you know, what comes out of the story. And if we do get that multiverse that I'm hoping for. But yes, and the other, the other um into this the Spider-Verse film coming out 2022. Can't wait. Very excited about that one. Yes. <laughs> I, I went on the Spider-Man tangent, right? When I'm like, I was thinking, I'm like, man, we've been talking for a while and I'm actually very hungry as it's lunchtime. So I don't want to. <laughs> you also said today. this is going to be two hours, right? It's, I mean, we're almost there, but not. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> we so covered weird. a lot. We have a lot of good grounds. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? I don't want to I don't want to cut you off. You know, I, maybe two hours <laughs> is not enough to say everything. Who knows? <laughs> Any final thoughts before we go? Anyone have anything they want to say to prevent Scott from having a sandwich is how I'm hearing this. <laughs> I have a quesadilla. I'm very <laughs> I made it kimchi. I got black beans in there. Ooh. It's, wow. That's good. I'm excited. Um, for it. I'm just going to throw in a random thing to be that person. Um, also to list off the number of things to list off as far as like Matt's job. He's also the one responsible for those brilliant marquees and to bring it back to spider-man the one with into the spider-verse was put on your mask still my favorite to this day so thank you matt for your service sir i appreciate it thank you jackie that that was my favorite mask one too so that tweet went viral too we had the director as a spider-verse yes christopher miller i was like oh my god i was like freaking out for you man I, th- there was a lot of freaking out. There was a lot of me <laughs> running around the apartment screaming and Adam trying to like catch me with a net and be like, calm down. And I was like, no. So, so I'd put a pie on a windowsill. Like, that's not rare. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have the image. That's the closing image of Adam chasing Matt with a net. Eventually <laughs> just wraps me in rope, puts a blanket on me, sits me on his, puts on babe. It's fine. <laughs> If anyone it, takes away, it, circle. yeah, right there. If you take Literally. away anything from this podcast, it's watch Babe, but do it with your loved ones. Don't watch Babe on your own and get donuts. And get, and get donuts. donuts. Yes. 
All right. Well, thank you to our guest, Jackie McGriff. Please, if you're in Rochester, go to the South Wedge, go to Boulder, check out the, the photography. It'll be up all of December. Maybe we'll we'll convince Boulder to stay at we'll, we'll sneak there and now to the wall. So it's a permanently, we could do that later. <laughs> Um, Boulder doesn't listen. It's fine. Uh, thank you to Adam Lubitow, Matt DeTurk, both of the little, our, some of our favorite guests. So excited to talk movies. Uh, movies and Microphone brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater. Remember, it's always a good time to take a little break.